You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. Brandon Jaggers. They're coming inside the final 16th now. Pilsudski at the throw edge of Stingsfield. Pilsudski takes the lead in the shadow of the wire. Pilsudski is the winner by a length. And me, CC Broadus. Obviously, but Wise Dan now spin full flight for the wire. And Wise Dan strikes the front, sticks his neck out. He wanted to win today. And win it he will. Wise Dan, super impressive. Breeders Cup by Wise Dan. Alright everybody, welcome aboard. This is Auxiliary Gate Podcast number 78. This is our Breeders' Cup Preview Edition. And of course I'm going to introduce uh, the mainstays. That's Alan Schneider. Are you there, Alan? Alan has muted himself. We'll go right to our <laughs> second to our second mainstay, Brandon Jaggers. Brandon, how are you? That's right. Upset city, baby. Here we come. <laughs> All right, let's go back. I'm back. To Alan. Alan learned how to use his microphone. It took took a while. I just want to say a lot of podcasts and shows have their the Breeders' Cup preview shows. There's a lot of them out there. I know Jason Beam has his jury. We have our squad tonight. We we got our squad of uh, handicappers. That's what we like to we're gonna call them tonight. We got some serious experts here. So this is uh, part two of our two part series. We're gonna cover the Saturday races. Uh, for the uh, this year's Breeders' Cup at Del Mar, and we've brought two experts that we think a lot of. And the first one, of course, is our good friend JJ Heisel. JJ, hello everyone. Great to be with you on this exciting week. And of course, uh, a previous guest of ours, and that's Miss um, Kaitlyn Free. Excuse me, Caitlin Free. Caitlin, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Super excited for this weekend, and happy to be back on with you. Well, before we get started, uh, I just want to throw out some random questions for you guys. Uh, Breeders' Cup's pretty special to me. I've seen just about every episode since probably 1987. That's the year that I really started following horse racing. Uh, JJ, I'll start with you. The the, the Cup's kind of in a rut as far as the types of tracks that it goes to every year. It seems like it goes Del Mar, Santa Anita, Keeneland, and Churchill. Name one racetrack that you would like to see the Breeders' Cup go to that it's never been before, or maybe a, an old racetrack that, that it's been to and, and hasn't visited in a while? Um, well, I would like to see it go to Lone Star Park. Um, Lone Star Park has a, a very solid fan base. The They do an excellent job with racing at Lone Star. And I, I think at Texas, it would draw a, a good crowd. It's a great track, a great facility. I, I would love to see it there. Yeah, that was... Uh, what was it, 2000, 2001? 2001 when uh, Ghost Zapper won the Classic at Lone Star, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been was, there before, yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a good year. Uh, I remember that. Ghost Zapper probably won. Bobby Frankel said he was the best horse to ever look through a bridle. So uh, definitely uh, uh, definitely he's in the memory banks. Caitlin, let's go to you. Uh, got a question for you. Uh, 
what was the first year you ever remember watching a Breeders' Cup? And then uh, what's your favorite Breeders' Cup of all time? I would say the first year I really remember paying attention to it was probably 2011. Um, kind of got into it after Zenyatta a little bit because um, Zenyatta was going on when I was in high school and all that stuff. So I kind of got into it a little bit after her. But I would say probably my favorite Breeders' Cup The one at Keeneland was really special to me, not only because of the whole American Pharaoh thing, but just because Keeneland is my home track. And it was just such an honor for them to be able to host that track. I know how much that meant to them. And that weekend went by without a hitch. It was a safe Breeders' Cup. And ultimately, it just turned out really great. So that one will always have a special place in my heart. Yeah, I always thought a, a Breeders' Cup at Keeneland would be very special. And, and yeah, that it turned out the first one they ever held there was was one. And, you know, attracted the first... Uh, triple crown winner in the modern era so yeah that was a uh, very memorable indeed uh alan we'll go to you next uh best best uh horse that you've ever picked i i i have this in mind the, the, your best winner you know what i'm saying oh. the, your longest but, price horse the long shot i gotta admit i've had i've had some success with long shots in breeders cup i've there's been quite a few uh i know the one you're thinking of is pleasant home right and in the distaff. Yes. Yeah, that was the greatest uh, call I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it's, it's the way she won too. It was thirty to one, but on the turn, I mean, you knew that horse was going to win by eight or ten. Uh, there's a couple others too. What's the the sprint horse uh, with Migliori? Yeah, the turf desert sprint. Hero. Desert, desert hero. Desert hero. Yeah, desert hero. I, that, I, give me that one because even because I knew Pleasant Home was a winner on the turn. But I did peg Desert Hero a ways out. I'm not even sure Desert Hero's the name. If I'm right, JJ, tell me if I'm wrong. But uh, no, that right. one, the, Desert Code, yeah. maybe. Desert Code. That's Desert, Desert Code. Code. That's, yeah, Desert, yeah, Code. Yeah. Desert Code. It was like it was a deal where it's like, hey, this horse is gonna get third. He's gonna get. This horse is gonna win. So, uh, give me Desert Code or Pleasant Home, I guess. And Brandon, we'll go to you. Uh, yeah. You you started into the uh you you hit around the same time Caitlin hit around 2010 2009 I think what any specific Breeders Cup memories you have? Yeah, I remember you know the first one I remember winning was Curlin in 07, and then obviously the Blame in 10. You know it's funny that I I remember Zenyatta in 09, but the Blame deal just stands out because I was there that day and how cold it was, and then uh. You know, kind of shocked that California Chrome never actually got to win a classic, but was always in the good contention for one. Uh, but I remember the, one of the last years, I, I mean, it was at Churchill when Accelerate won with Gunnavera in second. If you remember, Gunnavera was like 45 to one. And uh, my my girlfriend at the time, now she's my wife, was the one that told me to put Gunnavera in the super. And so on a dime super bet, it paid like, I don't know, maybe $1,200 or $1,800. And I remember it like covered me for sure. And then we went out to, we went out to our favorite restaurant at 18 called Red Hog. And that's actually where we had our rehearsal dinner uh, just a few months ago, you know, five months ago. So that, that was a really good one. I think that's probably one of the best ones. I mean, I remember when Byron actually, you know, took out, who did Byron take out on the shared belief? Yeah, shared belief. That's right. Yeah, Jim. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, I remember all those little things, but the most memorable was when you're actually cashing a ticket. I can never close out a pick four or pick five. It seems like in a classic, but uh, or one that I can remember. But 
Sarah doesn't really like going to the track all that much. And, and for her to pick out that horse and for it to pay me so much, that was pretty memorable. Cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's dig in here. This is a, uh, scrumptious card. It kind of starts out slow, but it ends with, uh, with a bang. That's for sure. The first race we're going to cover, is going to be race four on the card. It's the seven furlong breeders cup, Philly mayor sprint field of five. If you haven't heard by now, number two, Estilo Talentoso has been scratched. So we're down to a field of five and the heavy favorite probably, probably going to go one to five. Now she's three to five morning line, but that's Gamine last year's winner. She's undefeated this year in four starts. Uh, I don't think we should spend too much time on this. JJ, I'll go to you. Uh, is it Gamine or, or, or the, could they run her into the ground, maybe set it up for somebody else? Uh, I, I see it as a two horse race. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to note that uh, Bella Sophia drew outside of Gamine and Rudy Rodriguez was quoted as saying, we're going to take it to her. So now we know the strategy that's going to take place. I think she has the speed to run with Gamine and she can also rate off her if she needs to, like she rated in the test which was a really good effort. I, I would not discount Sophia so so easily. She, she's she got the speed to run with her. If you're looking for other options, there's Bella. And uh, I, I think Edgeway will run a good race. Good race. I don't think she can beat the top two, but is is one if you're playing an exacta. Um, yeah, Gamine is going to be tough to beat, but I, I wouldn't hand it to her. I, I would take what, what he said uh, to mind and, and consider Bella Sophia. Caitlin, let's go to you. Absolutely agree with everything JJ's saying. Um, I actually think I might prefer Bella Sophia in here to try to maybe run Gamine into the ground. As you say, they're not afraid to take it to her. And Gamine's numbers have regressed a little bit this year. I don't know if it's just because she's not facing as good of fields. Maybe she's lost a step. But certainly Bella Sophia is right there with her when it comes to a talent level. The only thing that is concerning to me about Bella Sophia is the fact that she's never shipped. But on a fast surface where she's going to be able to probably get a handle of the track. She's looked good in the mornings. I think she'll be okay. And I think she can definitely upset this race. Two horse race for me. I think this has been a kind of a lost season for Gamine. Uh, I was expecting her maybe to stretch out uh, at some point or maybe face males or something like that, but she's only run four times. That's kind of a sign of a, of an ouchy horse. Maybe that you, you might be right. This is, this may be the, Will it be the last chance you'll get to take a shot at uh, beating Gamine? Uh, Alan or Brandon, uh, any thoughts on this race before we go on to uh, the next? What they said, it's boring, but uh, I, I think Bella Sophia might just take it to Gamine. I, I agree with them, too. Yep, and I'd, I'd maybe consider CC after I make my my weekly call to my friend here, uh, Justin. <laughs> well, let me know what, what he says, okay? We for will. Once, for once. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Race five. This is the turf sprint. Remember, this is five furlongs on the turf. Uh, generally, the turf sprints are five and a half, sometimes six. Uh, we go to five based on the Del Mar uh, configuration of its turf course. And the heavy, well, he's not a heavy favorite. It looks like he's a tepid favorite on the morning line. I would think he would get more play than this, but uh, seven to two on Golden Powell for Wesley Ward and Arad Ortiz. Uh, Caitlin. Your thoughts on the turf sprint? Uh, what about Golden Powell? I like Golden Powell in here. Um, he can certainly win this race, but let me put it this way. There's horses I like more. 
Um, when it stacks up against him, there's a couple horses I like a little bit better in here. I like his stablemate, Kamari, coming off the layoff quite a bit. I think she was good enough to maybe even run with Gamine and Bella Sophia, but I like that they put her on the turf here. I think she can definitely beat this field. Um, she's really good off the layoff. Five furlongs is a good distance for her. Um, so I really, really like her in the spot. Like that Joel Rosario gets the ride. I also really like the horse that I chase and have made a decent amount of money off of is Fast Boat. Five furlongs is his best distance. I think he's going to get a decent amount of speed in here. I don't mind the outside draw from him. He's had a pretty good year. He's a very consistent horse. So I really like those two and would probably maybe throw in Gear Jockey and Golden Pal to round out my Superfecta. Um, could also maybe throw in a bomb, you know, can't discount last year's winner, Glass Slippers. But right now my top two in this race are going to be Kamari and Fastboat at a price. Caitlin, what about the Euros in here? I, uh, there's there's a case to be made for the six-horse uh, case of you. It's a three-year-old coming from He just won the Prix de la Bay at uh, Longchamp. Uh, any love for the Euros? Yeah, a case of you definitely has a really good record. The only thing that discounts me with the Euros is especially the younger ones. These sprinters and these young horses are used to running a flat straight. They're not used to turning and they're not used to going the opposite direction. Really, the only one that's done that is glass slippers. And I think if it's going to come down to any of the Euros winning, I think it's between glass slippers and Emirati Anna. Really, the setup and the distance only matches up for those two. A case of you, I'm glad that they sent him over. He certainly has a shot, but I think he's kind of, you know, maybe needs to grow up a little bit more, needs a little bit more experience. I think he needs a race under his belt here in the States to maybe learn a few things. Same thing with the jockey. I think this is his first Breeders' Cup mount, first Breeders' Cup runner for the horse. So maybe not yet. Okay, JJ, let's go to you. Uh, any thoughts on the turf sprint? Yeah, I really, really liked glass, glass slippers coming into this race last year, but not coming into the race in the same form. Um, and it's this is a really formidable field, I think. I think Golden Palace is susceptible here. I like uh, Emiratiana um, and A Case of You are both two that are appealing. Emiratiana has gate speed, and he should benefit from this ground. He's coming off two of arguably the best efforts of his career. Uh, loves this five furlong distance. It uh, could be overlooked, too, in the betting. A case of you beat glass slippers in the last two starts looks to be in much better form coming into the race. Also one who excels at five furlongs, but we just don't know how the, the turf will suit him. That, that's the question that needs to be answered. It was interesting that Wesley Ward trained Kamari in shoes for the first time at Keeneland. He normally works his horses without shoes, which is very interesting. Um, and, and that I did was not a very, know that. Yeah, wow. that was, yeah, it was a very good work too. Um, he was, he said, um, he was very impressed with the work and, and he purposefully put the shoes on her so that she could get uh, a really good hold of the ground. I'm not sure if she can top the Euros, but I definitely think she's a, a contender here. I actually prefer her over Golden Pal and I will definitely put her in, in exotics. Uh, Arrest Me Red is another one I would put in put in exotics as well. Uh, Brandon and Alan, I know you guys like to exercise or jog in the morning. Uh, you're done it without shoes. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, but I've raced against people who've done it without shoes and they're fast as hell. Uh, I'm racing against Ethiopians and it, trust me, uh, quick story. I was running a half marathon a few years ago and it was my first one ever. And I thought I was doing real well cause I got to the 12 mile marker and I was race race against next to barefoot Ethiopians. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm keeping up with these guys. What I didn't know is they were on mile 25. I was on mile 12. 
that just shows you. I guess you can't <laughs> run in bare feet. I had no idea. They'd already been around once. So uh, that's my story with that. I have never run in bare feet. Brandon? Yeah, my shoes now, I've got like a three-inch pad. So me and barefoot probably will never happen because I'm getting too old. <laughs> but, Any selections? But, Any selections uh, in the turf sprint? Can I go off the wall? I'm yeah. I'm going to go off the wall. Uh, whichever horse Flavian Pratt ends up riding, I will bet, whether it be uh, the 30-to-1 outsider, who I just lost. Um, what's the name of the uh, Charmaine's Mia. I, I kind of – that horse went really, really fast down the hill last time after sh- after shortening up. It's a crazy pick, but Flavian Pratt, uh, second time sprinting. Or Bombard if Bombard draws in. I don't know if Bombard's going to draw in. But I kind of like – I kind of like Caravel. I kind of like Caravel is a crazy, crazy price. Uh, I'm willing to forgive the last two. And if the horse reverts to the form he had in her, uh, Elizabeth Merriman, who still owns a horse, maybe I'll look at that one at 20 to one. But again, these are crazy picks. So I, in other words, I don't have a strong opinion. Um, I would add yeah. that Charmaine's Mia uh, has been getting five star reviews from my eyes and ears at Del Mar. Oh, really? See 30 to one morning line. And if, if Bombard doesn't draw in, that's a horse that has some uh, distance to go but fall back on. Has Flavian Pratt aboard, may go to the front, maybe near the front. Why not? What the hell? Check that out. Uh, in the Eddie D last time at Santa Anita, she, she ran 21 and 3, 42 and 4. I don't know if I've ever seen a sub 43 half mile. I know they go down the hill at Santa Anita, but still, that is impressive. For number seven, Charmaine's Mia. Brandon. Well, I, I think Walsh has kind of been on a roll as of late, and I like his outside post and his traveling kid. I think that's kind of my play for this race. I mean, you talk about this horse having lifetime starts and keeping good company for the most part in the last, you know, this year for sure. Uh, he'll see some, you know, definite rivals in this race. And, you know, but race against Golden Pal last time, and I think this horse needed that race because it's coming off of that July previous start out in new market so i'd like to see something happen here with the extravagant kid uh but i like what everybody else had to say but i'm gonna go outside i think golden Powell getting getting that post position where he's won before uh he's got to step up a little bit but you know he's he's a quick horse it's gonna be hard i'll throw my two cents in too i'm against golden Powell for sure he's not run a fast race he's not run a fast enough race to win this on any metric i think uh Kind of reminds me of was it uh, uh, the Philly the the fast Philly that Wesley Ward had a few years ago that won at uh, and at Ascot. Uh, Lady Aurelia. Lady Aurelia. He he raced Lady Aurelia in the in the turf sprint, and she she finished mid pack. I I can see something like this for Golden Pal being over bet. So I would spread. I I like all of the horses that, you, that you've mentioned that you've all oh, wow. mentioned. Yeah, nice. I I would I'd spread wide. And try to catch a bomb here. So we've got your approval. That's good. I mean, that's good. We're happy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, should mention real quick. Uh, Caitlin's encyclopedia with this stuff in, in Europe. It's she's. You, oh, I, I want you. I want you to try to to. Uh, I want you guys to try to stump her later. Okay. <laughs> she knows her stuff. We'll try our best. Race six is the big ass fans Breeders Cup Dirt Mile. <laughs> it's a one or excuse me a two turn mile. Uh, I'm going to let you all, uh, flesh out the contenders here. Then I won't get on my soapbox about this race. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what I really feel, but, uh, the heavy favorite is going to be number five. Life is good. 
who was on the Derby Trail back in the spring, got injured, returned, and under a, uh, I wouldn't say a careless ride, maybe an, a, an over, well, yeah, it says right here, an overconfident ride by Mike Smith. Uh, he lost the Alan Jerkins Memorial to Jackie's Warrior. Ran a ridiculously uh, fast figure on Thoroughgraph. And then came back and basically a, a walkover in the Kelso Stakes where he beat uh, Fort Peck. Fort Peck came back to run off the board in the Fayette on Saturday. Uh, JJ, we'll throw to you this time. Uh, is life as good, too good for this bunch, or, or could you see an upset? Uh, I, I, I'm not a chalk player, but I, I have to say, uh, this is a really nice race, but I'm unfortunately unable to find a, a really daunting challenger to dethrone life is good. Um, I'm a believer in him. I've, I've been a believer since day one. I think he's a superstar. I, I don't see a lot of possibilities in the field beating him. You could make a case for Ginobili, uh, three or four record at Del Mar. Um, I think if there's a chance for an upset, it would be Ginobili, although uh, Baltus, don't quote me on this, but I think he's 0 for 15 in, in, with Breeders' Cup runners. Hmm. Um, Ping Chang is a talented colt, the, the colt from Japan, with some upside. He's, he's had some nice races, but I, you know, Caitlin would know more about this than I would, but I'm not sold on the Japanese runners on the dirt at this point. I, I just – turf is different, but the, the Japanese runners on dirt, I'm just not sold – that that they're 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 quite there yet compared to most of the American runners on, on most occasions. Um, so I I think life is good is going to be pretty difficult to beat here. Caitlin, uh, do you have any background on uh, Ping Chong or Jasper Prince? Um, Jasper Prince has been a horse that has been long stored in Japan. Has been around for a while. He's six. Um, when it comes to talent level, I would definitely give Ping Chong a more big of a chance than Jasper Prince. Ping Zhang actually worked at Del Mar this morning, and it's one of the best works I have seen from any international runner, period, coming into the Breeders' Cup. Now, that being said, the type of horses that he has faced against coming into this race, you know, definitely not on par with Life is Good and even Ginobili, even though I really don't think much of a lot of the California runners, but... Ping Zhang has worked really, really well coming into this. He's definitely prepared, and he comes from way back. So if Ginobili and Life is Good maybe hook up in something or somebody else gets involved, which I'm not completely sure that'll happen. I think Ginobili will sit off if Life is Good kind of goes to the front and just kind of see what happens. But he could be one that I can definitely see getting involved at a price. Brandon. Well, ugh. I've got all over the board here a little bit, but, you know, I think life is good as susceptible. I like Silver State a lot. I've kind of followed that horse a long time. I like Ricardo staying on the mount all the way through this horse's career. And I, I think the parks you got to throw out, the horse had a bad start, plus it's parks. Who the hell runs on that track, you know? So, personally, I like the Saratoga and Belmont and the Oakland form a ton which were pretty much all wins except in the Whitney against Nick's going Maxfield. So I think Silver State's my horse. Alan? Uh, I hate this race. Uh, I, I try to beat life as good because there's a potential pace uh, meltdown of maybe with, with horses like uh, Ginobili and even Jasper Prince, who's I believe had to lead in the Breeders' Cup turf sprint last year. 
So I, I think it could be, but life is good should be just too good in this race. I don't care for the race. I do like the name of the race because it's the big ass fans. We have big ass fans at work. Trust me, they're they're amazing. Uh, but outside of that, I'm going to rely on everybody else's opinion. I, it's probably life is good. I, I just don't care for the race. Caitlin, did we get a pick from you? Um, no, I think I am going to stick with life is good. I will though, kind of piggyback off of what Brandon said. I, I like silver state in the spot as probably upset over Ginobili. I like him, but I hate the real draw. I would have probably picked silver state yeah. had he drawn anywhere else. Yeah. Can I chime in and ask a question? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, I'd like to ask you guys, are you at all concerned about how Asmussen and Santana have gone completely cold? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, uh, <laughs> Silver State in particular, <laughs> some of the other horses. Has Silver State been working in Kentucky or California? Does anybody know off the top of their heads? Or New York? It looks like he's been racing. He's been so out in California. Know. Yeah, so he's, I, he's been out. There. Yeah, feel a little bit better. That makes me feel a little bit better. As we know, Rosario has taken some of the Asmussen mounts out here. Uh, Santana sticks with this one. I'd love to see Ricardo get a win. He's a good rider. We all know that. Uh, it's probably in his head right now. I think he's 0 for 90. That's. I mean, he's much better than that. Uh, but when I told you a moment ago, I didn't have a strong opinion, and I thought the pace of the race may lend to a closer silver state's the obvious one but i i mean with, with the slump that they're in right now it's hard for me to take that horse at seven two does that make sense so yeah. uh yeah are you concerned about it um i am i am i noticed he put rosario on echo zulu um i don't yeah. think that was any accident um i don't know what's going on to be honest i don't know why this has happened i don't know if it's because steve is concentrating on california and maybe that's why it was neglected at Keeneland. That is a theory, um, in which case his horses may all fire uh, this weekend. Um, you know, Echo Zulu is so good. We'll get to her later, but she's so good. I, I wouldn't worry about her with that. But as far as other horses and with Santana and Asmussen right now, I mean, it's not something that you can you can overlook, I have to admit. Yeah, and I would also add that the thing about it is we all go through slumps. We're horse players, jockeys, trainers, horse players. We all go through slumps. What's a little different about this slump that they're currently in, at least here in Kentucky with Asmus, they're not getting beaten photos. They're not running a good seconds and just having tough luck. Those horses are getting drilled. Right. They're just not running very well at all. That's what's a concern. I do have faith that the California contingent's probably in better hands or whatever. There are rumors afoot. I don't pay attention to rumors. Uh, but it is a concern, yeah, especially at 7-2. to two. Okay, let's move on. Race 7. Well, you had a, you wanted to go up on something, right? Oh yeah, I About forgot. The, yeah, yeah I can, hate this race. I hate all right. I hate the dirt mile because it gives uh, trainers a cop out. It, this has robbed us from a really nice rematch between Life Is Good and Jackie's Warrior, one of the best races we've seen in 2021. And all this race does, it's it's never it's never been a championship race. It's not going to decide a championship. And it's it's robbed us of uh, two really nice horses, uh, either going in the classic or the uh, the sprint. Uh, if you go back to 2015, Liam's map should have been in the classic, and it would have been nice to see what he could have done with American Pharaoh. Because uh, uh, as I recall, Liam's map had just narrowly lost the Whitney 
to honor code that year. But uh, Liam's map had speed. Uh, and, and ironically, both of these horses are trained by Todd Pletcher. And I, yeah, I just, I don't like this race. I wish they'd do away with it. That's just my opinion. I know everybody's got an opinion on stuff, but yeah. No, no, all. your opinion's very valid, CC DeRosa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all right, I'm shutting down comments. I hope. I hope, I hope people got. I hope people got that. I know Ed. Ed hates the dirt mile too. Ed, Ed hates the dirt he mile. He loathes the dirt mile. Yeah, he loathes it. I, I don't rather, mind it. I'd rather see a two mile turf race than this. <laughs> I will tell you this: what I would prefer with the dirt miles would be a one turn mile. But I'm I'm somebody who just loves one turn miles to begin with. Right. But yeah. Point taken. Right. That's what it was meant to be. But you know, it not every track can run a two turn mile or a one turn mile. And when they do, when they run a two-turn mile, it's usually right starts right, you know, right on the turn. So yeah, it kind of throws the whole thing out of kilter anyway. Right. Okay, that's enough. Uh, race seven. This is the eleven furlong Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf for the Phillies and Mares. This is a very interesting race, very contentious. Number seven, Warlike Goddess, is a seven and two morning line favorite for Belmont. Julian Leperu. And she has been fantastic this year. She's won four or five starts, uh, over $600,000. She'll be closing late. Uh, Let's go to Caitlin first. Uh, There is a Japanese filly in here. And then there's there's an Irish filly in here. Number eight, Love's Only Used from Japan, a daughter of Deep Impact. And number six is Love, daughter of Galileo for the Coolmore Gang. Caitlin, I know you've got an opinion on on these two. Uh, how do you see the Philly Mare turf? The best bet of my Saturday is going to come in this race. I am super excited this race. I'm really excited about a horse that has been pointing to this race for about four months now, and that's the Japanese Philly Loves Only You. Um, her form this year, when you reflect on any of the form in this race, including Love, she has the best form in this race without question. Her races this year, she won at Hanshin, beat a couple of really nice, really nice horses. Dan Bright's a really nice horse. Second race was in the Dubai Shima Classic, defeated only ahead by Chronogenesis and Mishrif. And we know how good they are. Chronogenesis yes. might be the best horse in Japan, and Mishrif speaks for himself. Next race, she goes to Hong Kong. Defeats Daring Tact, Triple Crown winner in Japan. Was defeated narrowly last out by Sadashi, the White Oaks winner in Japan. So the form is definitely there. They have had her primed for this race all year. She's a very good shipper. Um, The only thing that concerns me is kind of, you know, switching, switching directions and the jockey, you know, hasn't rode in a Breeders' Cup. That's the only thing that would concern me. But she is probably a single for me Ooh. on my tickets in this race. She has been pointed this race for so long. I love the draw for her. I do like that love came into this race versus the turf. I think this is a better distance for her. I can't knock love, but she definitely has not had as good of a year as she had last year by any stretch. She still had, you know, a decent year, a couple wins, a second, a third, you know, Nothing too bad, but I definitely think dropping down from a mile and a half is going to benefit her. But I do think Love's Only You I prefer in here. And I've also been looking at Rougier. She seems to be getting better. 
Darius had a decent year coming back to defend her championship. I think the Americans in here are very susceptible. And that's why we have her on. That, that's, that's what I like. Right. Yeah. Uh, hey, Caitlin, uh, so Love was beaten at low odds in the Blandford Stakes at, at the Curra last time. What do you know about the winner of that race, La Petite Coco? I don't know much about her, but I will say that this was a race that Love was supposed to win. She was almost even money. This was a race to maybe drop her down in class a little bit after the Judmont International. I do think the Judmont International took a bit out of her, as did her race with the Dayar and Mischief and the King George and Queen Elizabeth stakes. She's had a tough campaign. She was all out to beat Adaria at Ascot and the Prince of Wales' stakes. So I just think she was kind of running out of juice. And La Petite Coco, she's, don't get me wrong, she's a nice filly, but she's not highly regarded like the likes of Mischief, Adayar, or Adaria. So the fact that she lost in there against a field that she was really supposed to beat by quite a bit, that's not good. But they are wanting to get her back on firm ground. They scratched her out of the arc, hated the wet ground. So she is going to get firm turf, which is certainly where she's most comfortable. Yeah, I think if you draw a line through that Blanford stake, she, I mean, she's almost uh, nine to five in here. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's beaten by Mishriff and Alan Kerr is not a not a bad animal himself. And then go back to the uh, the King George, and she's uh, within three lengths of IDR and uh, and, and Mishriff again. So, yeah, uh, I just wonder if this filly's tailed off a little bit. But you're right, uh, she should enjoy the uh, the firm ground. Uh, JJ, uh, your thoughts on the the filly and mare turf? Yes, I, I I agree with 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 what you're set with what you're both saying there. Um, poor Arturaya stuck on the outside. I, I think it's a similar situation with her as as Glass Slippers. Uh, her form coming into this race not the same as last year, but she hasn't performed terribly at at the Group One level. I just think there are others here who are more appealing. And with me, it's it's the same thing. I like Love and Love's Only You are the two that stand out the most to me. Um, Love apparently had battled some health issues uh, this year, which, which may have affected affected some things. Uh, but her, her class is undeniable. Um, I, I think she's been prepared well for this race. She had no problem with the course. Um, some of the European riders, the turf riders that I associate with, they don't believe that the O'Brien contingent is the normal level that it that it usually mm. is a Breeder Cup a year. So that is something to keep in mind. They're down on the O'Brien runners this year. Uh, they're saying Charlie Appleby is where it's at, which I agree with. So that's mm-hmm. something to keep in mind. Uh, Love's Only You, absolutely stellar record in 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 races against top class. She's coming to the race in great form. She's looked great since arriving at Del Mar, getting five-star reviews from, from my eyes at Del Mar. Um, even other trainers uh, in the race have remarked uh, about this horse. So I think she's she's a real contender. Warlike Goddess is unquestionably the best U.S. runner in the race, in my opinion. Superbly talented, has done nothing wrong. But you just have to ask, is she better than Japan's best and Europe's top tier? Um, and I agree with Caitlin. I think Rougier is one to watch from France. Uh, I saw her on the, the video of her on the track today. Just a, a really nice-looking chestnut uh, filly. She was kicking and jumping, uh, just squealing. She was excited to be there. Um, and, and physically looks like a real specimen. I'm throwing her in in my exotics. All right, let's swing it to Brandon. Well, I think they covered it pretty pretty strong. I, I do like the outside horse of Daria, but that's it. I, I think Caitlin's got – I did a big circle and some stars and some yellows and some blues on this one. So, Love's Only You. You got me excited about Friday. 
or Saturday and both days. And uh, this is why we play the game. So I'm, I'm going to lean on, on her recommendation. Brandon's drawing pictures on his racing form. Let's go to Alan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm with Caitlin and JJ here, mainly because Caitlin – uh, full disclosure, Caitlin pointed me this horse two weeks ago. I'm not as familiar with Euro racing. Uh, she had me look it up, and she's this solid on a horse. I'll go with it. JJ backs her up. That's all I need to know. I defer to their expertise. I'll go with Love on, Love's Only You. Uh, what I will add that's somewhat fresh, Warlike Goddess is if, if we're that keen on the Euros in this spot, Love's Only You, perhaps some others, War, this is a superfecta race, right? If that's the case, and we want to look at Warlike Goddess as your underneath horse. The horse runs has probably not run has not run against the same level of horse that the others have in Europe, but this horse fires the same awesome shot every time, the same trip every time. You have to think that accounts for getting into the into the the numbers somewhere, correct? So if Love's only used the one, I will be using Warlike Goddess underneath. And if you want a real bomb to throw in your super, maybe bottom, maybe dog tag with Flavian Pratt and Richard Mandela. That horse always runs a good race out in California. The longer, the better. The mile and a quarter races are good. The one time Pratt was on him, uh, the horse uh, on her uh, went wire to wire. So give me, I'll, I'm not stupid. I'll side with Love's Only You with these guys. And then I'll use Warlike Goddess and maybe dog tag uh, somewhere sprinkled underneath. Well, unfortunately, Love's Only You is going to carry a lot of weight because uh, she. I will have one pick four ticket single to her, and I concur with everything everybody else says. If you want to take a look at this filly or this mare, go to YouTube. All of her her last three races, at least, are on YouTube. I went back and watched them last night, and uh, man, she just she's all heart. Uh, she looks she looks a little bit undersized, but uh, gosh, uh, her heart makes up for it. So she's uh, worth watching and. Uh, even though the Japanese have, have brought eight horses, I believe, to this year's Breeders' Cup, they're no stranger to winning on the world stage, and they're no stranger to winning in the U.S. Uh, I don't know if you all remember a, a, a filly named Cesario won the mm-hmm. American Oaks. I don't know how long ago. This has probably been 10, 15 years ago. But Cesario dominated the uh, the American Oaks several years so, ago. So, real quick, let me ask our two experts here. Who goes off favorite in this race? Mm. I think it'll be either Love or Warlike Goddess, if I'm being honest with you. Good. That's what I want to hear, then, if, if you're that high on Love's Only You. Nine to two, five to one, Love's Only You, you think? I think so. I think she'll drift up a little bit because a lot of people are just very unsure about the Japanese contingent. And one thing that I like and dislike is if you're going to pick these Japanese runners, you really had to be paying attention during the year and know a lot about them because – their replays aren't really that accessible. You have to kind of really dig for them, pay for them, which is annoying for handicappers. But, I mean, you really have to be paying attention to land on this horse or kind of listen to other people talk about it. But I think Love is going to get a lot of play in this race, not saying she doesn't deserve it. And I agree the same way with Warlike Goddess. I can can also see maybe Adaria as a defending champion taking some money. I think we'll probably get around five to one on Love's Only You. Hmm. What do you think, JJ? Same. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think Love will take a lot just because of of Aiden O'Brien. Warlike Goddess is going to take a lot of money. Warlike Goddess will will could be favored. Could be favored. Um, yeah. Mott 
Mott doesn't usually, you, I mean, you guys know Mott. I mean, he's, he's, he's a poker player and he usually doesn't talk up mm-hmm. his horses. He, uh, um, he's, he's talking up. So, you know, keep an eye on that. You got it. I, I love it. Pardon the pun. Uh, which, uh. There'll be more. That's an easy one. That's an easy one. There'll be more. Hopefully. All right. Late pick five starts race eight. It's the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Six furlongs on the dirt. And heavy favorite, number two, Jackie's Warrior. Uh, probably the best sprinter in training right now for Steve Asmussen. Ridden by uh, Joel Rosario. Uh, Caitlin, will go to you first. Uh, Jackie's Warrior, is this a single? I think so. I've tried to kind of look in any other spots in this race. And I think he is probably the most reliable heavy favorite of this Saturday. Um I've looked at following C, which I absolutely hate that draw for him. I've looked at Frenzy Fire, Lexitonian, Dr. Scheibel. Don't like the draw for Dr. Scheibel either. Um, but when it comes to these horses, Jackie's Warrior is still about 8 to 10 points better than them. The horse can travel. He's getting weight because he's three. And the fields he's beaten are so much better than any of these horses have yeah. beaten either. So, yeah. I mean, he just appears to me to be heads and shoulders above this field. I think he drew great. Rosario staying on him like he always has like I said the horse travels well every time so yeah I mean if you want to maybe throw in one other one I would maybe consider throwing in like Lexitonian or Special Reserve at a price just in case I I like Dr. Scheibel but I mean other than CZ Rocket Flagstaff's retired eight rings is going to the dirt mile and CZ Rocket I would maybe consider him in this race but he he only runs good when he's on Lasix. So I, I, I like Dr. Shiver. I respect him, but he's not near good enough to beat Jackie's warrior. So probably almost every ticket I'm going to be using, I'm going to single Jackie's warrior. I may have one with a little bit of coverage, but I, I think this race is pretty cut and dry. JJ. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and the, the point that Caitlin made about the, the gap in, in numbers, uh, numbers-wise, none of the other horses come close to Jackie's Warrior, which is concerning. Um, he, he, Jackie's Warrior, he's he's better he's better on the lead, but he doesn't even need the lead to win. Um, so so where do you go? I mean, you you look at Following C, who's improving, ran a fantastic Vosburg, but Jackie had his number at Saratoga. Uh, Lexingtonian is good when he shows up, but he's so inconsistent and unpredictable. Uh, special reserve, second off the layoff, and a nice Phoenix win, but he hasn't beaten any top-class horses. So, of course, you go to Dr. Chivel. Uh, on the outside is not ideal. Five of seven and four of four at the distance. He's only a three-year-old, so his potential is really unknown. Um, I, I think if there was an upset, it would be Dr. Chivel, but I, I'm not betting on that. Uh, Jackie's Warrior just stands out here. Alan. Oh, same thing. I, I concur with these ladies. I, I mean, it's Jackie's Warriors race to lose. I think we all know that. I don't think the sprint overall is a very good field as it usually is. Right. I mean, we've seen some crack, uh, some Cracker Jack sprints in the past. This is Jackie's Warrior and a bunch of uh, eh, grade two type horses, maybe at best. So uh, well, it's, it's going to ta- say that because yeah. I, I think earlier we talked about a horse named Life is Good that's actually ducking this race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I remember that, Ed. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, we could talk, we had no point in talking a lot about this. It, it's, 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 cold spell going to affect Jackie's warrior. Probably not in this spot. We'll, we'll, we'll take the easy way out and go with Jackie. Brandon. I, I think if Lexingtonian can, can be a good horse, be on for the day, 
not do something in the gate, not miss the break. I, I think this horse has got a real chance. But it's a gamble, and you're going to get a price because you're going to get a price on Lexington, especially all the time. Jack, yeah, Jackie's Warrior is a is a great horse. I mean, stands above the rest. You got to take a single with with a ticket with this horse. Uh, Colt's just phenomenal and just super fast. I don't see anybody else here uh, that I, that really gets me excited. I kind of like Lexingtonian throwing a duck in the forego like that. I mean, it was just inevitable. You can't repeat back at Saratoga like that. Jack Sisterson knew it, I, but but they just kept pushing their luck. Then they then they kind of waited. And I like these last couple works at Keeneland. Horses shipped. So we'll see. Lexingtonian's definitely my contrarian play. And and the the far outside, which Dr. Shivel, I, I don't know about the ninth ninth spot, but there's just so much speed in this race. And you're right, it's not as fun without, you know, the likes of uh oh my gosh. Well, who am I forgetting? Whitmore. Which is good. Whitmore, yeah. <laughs> gosh. But anyway, you know, just crazy sprinters but that's what i that, my two cents lexingtonian i was on them i made like eight hundred dollars i was thrilled so i'm sticking with them. there you go our buddy rob benefield uh he's rooting for lexingtonian that's for sure i think that's the horse that uh popped his big payday back in the summer yeah, to, to, well, the tuna, tuna, yeah the tune of fifty thousand dollars so yeah. uh yeah so anyway we're down to the late pick four uh what i call the championship races uh, leads off with the Breeders' Cup mile, one mile on turf, of course, two turns. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about uh, this race. I think this thing is wide open. The favorite is number three, Space Blues, for Charlie Appleby, who apparently has made a deal with the devil this year because he is just uh, <laughs> everything he ships over seems to win here. And he'll be ridden by uh, William, William Buick for uh, Godolphin. JJ, we'll start with you. Very interested to hear what you all have to say about the Breeders' Cup turf mile. Yeah, Charlie Appleby is very high on Space Blues, and for good reason. Uh, tremendous efforts in his, la- in his last two races that indicate he-, he could dominate here. He's been running at seven furlongs, but the mile won't make any difference. Um, I really like the runner-up in the last like Pearls Galore. Uh, who, but Pearls Galore drew the 12 here, and I know the connections are not happy with this draw, so it- it's a detraction there. Uh, Mother of Seas was sharp as a two-year-old, but he's not coming into the race uh, quite as well and as and, and in good form. I think Space Blues looks much stronger. Uh, the hype on Mo Forza is legit. Uh, not sure he can beat the European rivals, but he's won eight of his last nine, including four grade twos. Uh, the local hope, I, I think Mo Forza is dangerous here. And then you have to worry about Blowout. What is Blowout going to do as the pace factor? I, I think Blowout is interesting for exotics. Okay, Caitlin. Blowout is actually my pick to win. Hmm. Um, and here's why. She qualified for a win and you're in in the Philly and Mare turf. Chad doesn't want her to go that long. He wants to keep her out of mile. So he's paying to put her in the mile. That means something to me. She's going to get a lone speed. Hit the road might be a little bit close to her, but I don't think they're going to sac- or smooth like straight. I don't think they're going to sacrifice smooth like straight to go with her. She can definitely stay and keep going. So I like her to kind of be the lone speed in here. The other ones I'm kind of looking for are Mo Forza. I think Mo Forza certainly has a big shot to win those race. Those are my big two by, by a long shot. I think Space Blues is definitely respectable. 
Um, I've seen better European favorites come in here. Um, I like him and Pearls Galore. I think that they definitely, you know, stack up in this field. Master of the Seas has maybe faced better horses this year, kind of been battle, Poetic Flair, Palace Pier, and Bailly. Those are going to be your top runners over in Europe. But I, I respect the European contingent, but I think that they are very susceptible in here. Um, another horse I wanted to mention is Mother Earth, also coming from Europe. She's she's not the most reliable horse when it comes to winning, but she's definitely one that I want to use in my exotics. They like keeping her at a mile. Um, she's looked really great this week, so I definitely want to use her as well, but I'm just going with a lot of the females in this race. I really like Blowout on top. I think got Stormy can fire a big shot in here. I think her last prep was perfect. You know, she only ran sixth, but she was in a sprint race. And going a mile is kind of her game. So I can see her running decent. The 11 post doesn't bother me. 10 post doesn't bother me for Blowout. But ultimately, my top two picks are going to be Blowout and Mo Forza. Brandon. I'm all over the board, but I, I I I need help here. I just don't know. I haven't had time to make up, you know, my mind on where I'm going to go. So I'm past. <laughs> all right, Alan. Appreciate <laughs> the honesty. You know, I knew we were having JJ and Caitlin on, and I I say this all the time. I truly respect their opinions. I think they're excellent what they do, and this race in particular. I was more than willing to take a back seat and listen to what they had to say. They kind of touched on a lot of the ones I like, but I'm going to rely on their expertise on this because I do believe this is the most wide open race of the Breeders' Cup sequence, of the, of the two Breeders' Cup days for the most part. I can see seven or eight winning. They touch on the ones I like, so I will just uh, take a back seat and side with uh, JJ and, K- uh, and Caitlin's analysis here. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't have a, a real opinion on this race. I'm going to spread to the gills. Uh, in this race uh, real quick though i can tell you there's a slight rooting interest for our buddy alexia shard who is really starting to make a name for himself if you know i'd like to see this kid do well uh put his name a little further out there and stuff that's just a personal rooting interest but uh again i think it's a fun race i'm sure these guys would agree it's one of the better races of the of the of the weekend okay uh three more to go it's the distaff and Always a great race every year, but uh, this year uh, we've got a, a a really nice mare that's made a name for herself, and that's Latruska, the the six mare for uh, Fausto Gutierrez and Irad Ortiz, eight to five on the morning line. She's six for seven this year, has won nearly two million dollars, and she has just been a fierce competitor on the racetrack. And now she takes her show to the West Coast. Uh, JJ, we'll go with you first. What do you think about Latruska? Is she vulnerable, or is this a, another single? What What is the definition of insanity? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, right. I know what you're right. saying. <laughs> it's doing the same thing over again, expecting a different result. Okay, I, I didn't bet against her at Keeneland. I, I did not venture into that foolishness. I knew she would win that race. But I have been betting against Latruska for I don't know how long now, and I've been losing. And and Sad to say, I'm going to do it again. Um, This is a different scenario. I I think she's facing some very formidable challengers here, and I I don't think it's a runaway race. Obviously, she's the best horse in the race, but I I think she's got a challenger here who's who's going to make life difficult. My top top pick in the race is the venerable Malathot, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Todd Pletcher 
when they got to Del Mar, Todd Pletcher was doing interviews and he said, Malathot has gained some weight. And he said, it, this is what we wanted. He said, this is a positive. Yep. I watched the video of her from Del Mar. If, if I had not recognized the face markings, I would not have known that was Malathot. She has gained all the weight. It is not in her girth. It is in the hindquarters. Massive engine that she has grown into. She was already a top class, top class filly. But now you, you see what she's grown into. She looks like a monster on the track. Uh, once again, five-star reviews from everybody at Del Mar. So I, I think that, you know, her only loss, she was compromised. She had to be the pace. She had to be put in a position that she didn't want to be in. That's not going to happen here because she has the built-in pace factor of Latruska. Uh, this is her preferred distance. I, I think she'll catch the the fleet-footed Phnom Latruska. I think another one to watch is Private Mission. Uh, she's training very forwardly for the race. Shoot super sharp three-year-old by Into Mischief for Baffert. Uh, she'll be getting gunning from the rail. And um, I, I think that Private Mission is one to watch. Definitely one to put in exotics. I mean, she's eight to one on the morning line. Uh, Latruska should do well, but I'm going with Malathot as my top pick. JJ believes that the big ass fans company is sponsoring the wrong race. <laughs> sponsoring uh, Malathon. Right on. All right, Caitlin, uh, your selection in the distaff. I definitely agree with JJ. They're not going to make it easy on Latruska in this race. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe a long campaign has caught up to her. She has ran. Hold on, let me count. This will be her ninth race this year. And, you know, a few. 10, 20 years ago, that may not be a lot, but for these standards, it is. She has not had a break at all this year. So I'm worrying maybe all of the travel, all the running could catch up to her in a race like this. There's some horses in here that scare me, and I think that are going to take it to her early. Private Mission is going to be right up there on the lead. Um, People are forgetting about She Dares the Devil. I still respect She Dares the Devil a lot, and I think that she could have a chance in this race, too. Um, as time goes by, can be close. Um, Malathot won't be too far away. Um, and one horse that has been training great, she's going to have to step up tremendously in numbers, but she has looked great in the mornings, Clarier. She's certainly one I want to use underneath. But I think if anybody is going to upset Latruska, it's probably going to be Malathot or Royal Flag. So I will probably look to them, although I definitely will play some tickets with Latruska winning. Um, I think this is a race where you might have to have a little bit of coverage, not super cut and dry. I think Latruska is a vulnerable favorite in here because there's just so much. She's not lone speed in here. And that I'm not saying that's the only way she can win, but that is her best chance. She has to be one or two at the worst. She may not even be one or two. And if she goes out, they are going to press her on the lead and she's going to be cooked. So there's, this is a tough race for her. It really, really is. All right. That's two votes against Latruska. Brandon, let's go to you. Yeah. I'm, I, I've, you know, I've seen both horses in person and I think Malathat just works and runs differently. Just looks different, goes across the ground different. The sound of the hoof is different. And just like what JJ said, when Todd was talking about how, you know, she gained all this weight and gained all this muscle mass and has truly turned into form. I mean, the horse is really like the race next to Latruski's nine starts. I mean, Malathat's had how many starts this year? Four. So I think Malathat's going to be really, really tough against Latruska. And it's all going to be based on the break. I don't know how how Malathat may break. I mean, she could break first. 
where she could break third or fourth. But I love Malathat, and I'm definitely going with Brad Cox because he brings his A game. She dares the devil can run. That horse can really run. But Latruska, just like all the races we've seen her, she is very strong, very dominant, tons of heart. But Malathot, they've never gone against each other that I know of, and I think that horse can really put it to her. So that I think Malathot's my top choice. Okay, Alan, give us a bomb. Here's your bomb. Well, I'm going to call it a bomb, but it's my best bet of the weekend. I will say real off quick, from all the uh, – not just from our uh, folks on the panel here, but everybody else who's going to be going against La- – what's Latruth going to go off at? 7-2 now? I, I think Latruth's going to be down the board when you listen to the, both our guys and gals. And nationwide, people are looking – every time looking for a reason to bet against Latruska. And, I mean, I'm going to do it too. But uh, we're seeing eight to five. I'm gonna be curious enough if Latruska actually goes off at eight to five because I think there's gonna be a lot of people wanting to go against her in this spot. That brings me to my point. I think Malathat scares the living hell out of me. Uh, it's a horse I've been high on for a long time, but I am singling royal flag in this spot. I do not get why people do not give this horse more credit. I believe this is a pure mile and eighth horse. Uh, this horse has not run badly at all this year. Was gaining ground on Latruska. Uh, when she tired at Saratoga, that's the only blemish on her record, but I still thought it was a good race. Her late pace figures are excellent. And as we've mentioned, private mission is going to go. Latruska is going to go. We didn't even mention horologist, uh, some other horses. Malathat has a, uh, a tendency to break poorly, correct? Uh, if, if that happens, Royal Flag is liable to running late. I think they pointed for this spot. It's only the horse's fourth start of the year. Uh, I believe this was a plan all along for Chad Brown. I think Joel knows when to time the horse. Give me Royal Flag as a single. The only thing I'm going to say is on Thoroughgraph, Latruska might have to run her career best to win this. And after all these starts uh, dating back to January, I don't know. that That's asking a lot, in my opinion. So I'm against She's Latruska. She's horse of the year. She does it. Yeah. If she, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's she's definitely the champion older mare. Let's uh, give her credit for because she's already oh, horse yeah. the, yeah, and, yeah. and she's running the spot right. So uh, hats off to Mr. Uh, Gutierrez. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Did I not? Fausto yeah, Fausto Gutierrez. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is the type of horse I like to cheer for because they bring they bring their A game every single time. But uh, you know, in this case, uh, I think you you stand to gain a lot to. to line up against her here so and i i agree with you about the odds on her too because you also had the the whole incident surrounding her work yes um and a lot of people did not like that work a lot of experts uh work experts i talked to they said they did not like the work they don't like how she's getting over the track so i i do think that will affect her odds and this is i don't know the sixth different track that i mean i see gulfstream houston uh, sam houston oakland belmont Churchill, Saratoga, Keeneland, that's a well-traveled horse. <laughs> and yeah. now she's going to the West Coast. That's good. If, if she wins, hey, everybody's going to clap and cheer for her because that's one hell of a campaign yeah. she's had. Yeah. yeah, you tip your cap and you move on. All right, last two races, of course, the Breeders' Cup turf, mile and a half. And last year's winner, Tarnawa, draws the 13 hole. That is not a good thing. Uh, she comes off a really good strong effort behind Torquator Tasso in the Arc de Triomphe. Uh, that was an amazing effort, uh, but she backs out of that, runs here now. Caitlin, we'll go to you first. 
what do we do with Tarnawa in the 13 hole and who can beat her? I love her. I love her in the spot. I love the race she ran in the arc. It probably took a little bit out of her, but they said she came back out of it so well, better than they were expected. So they wanted to come here and defend the title. Um, I like her race two starts back against St. Mark's Basilica. She was interfered with a little bit in the stretch. By all accounts, she should have beat St. Mark's Basilica, who is one of the best horses I have seen since Frankel. So I really like Tarnawa in here. She's going to like the um, firmer ground again. And another horse that I like a little bit is Ybir. I think he's had a pretty good year. Beat some decent horses, can travel well. And, of course, the Charlie Appleby barn is really hot. Um, I think this race is terrible, if I'm being honest with you. I'm really Hmm. disappointed because this is probably my favorite Breeders' Cup race, at least one of them. This race is so good year after year, but I am incredibly down on the U.S. contingent. And when I look at the also eligibles in this race, the also eligibles, except for maybe Friar Road, they deserve to be in this field because they're better than the American runners. In my Hmm. opinion, Channel Maker should be in this race. So should Boishoi Ballet, and so should Mogul. But that's just my opinion. Um, That's not the way the committee voted, and that's not the way the points went. So that's besides the point. I'm not high in domestic spending. I think he has not run his race in a couple races that he should have won this year. Granted, he's only lost one or two times, but he should have beaten two Emmys in the Arlington Million. I mean, come on now. (laughs) Like, that was a terrible race. And I just, I've never been crazy about that horse. I'm not crazy about United. The one post for Rock Emperor bothers me. And Astronaut Acclimate, not, they don't belong in this race, in my opinion. Um, really, the strongest U.S. runner that I would give a look to would be Trivon. Um, and he's 20-1 to 1 on the morning line. So that might be a price play to use kind of in your exotics. But I'm completely backing the Euros in this race. All right, Kaylin with a, a strong opinion. <laughs> Against the American contingent. Let's go to JJ and your thoughts on the turf. Yeah, I I, I like a lot of what what Caitlin said, and I I agree with her that the also eligibles, I really would have liked to have seen Bolshoi Ballet and Channel Maker in this race, would have made it a a much higher quality race. Uh, And as she said, I I had a lot of trouble with this race. I found this to be the most difficult race for me of the Saturday card. Um, It's very hard for me to land on on someone here. I, I ended up with my top pick being Ybir. Um, I, I really liked his his race where he got acclimated at Belmont. Uh, I, I thought he, you know his he rallied from last and it will help him with this cavalry charge here. So he he will have good experience going in here. Uh, Tarnawa didn't draw well. That's really the only knock against her. Uh, she's fared pretty well. She's had some excuses in in some of the bigger races. Uh, Tayona is an is an interesting up and coming daughter of Steve the Stars. Uh, just a young, a young horse, but but she's interesting. The German Raider, Sisfahan, could be anything. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like the three-year-old Colt for exotics. I mean, we don't know how, how good this horse is. Um, so that that was difficult for me. I, I, I do think domestic spending could rebound here. Uh, he was pace compromised at Mr. D. I agree, he should have won that race. But I, I do think he could rebound here, and I don't think the distance is any concern. Um, I, Gufo could pick up some pieces, but obviously he's, he's class challenged here. Uh, one thing I would like to mention is Tribavan is breathing fire at Del Mar. Absolutely really scintillating. This morning he got on the track. The exercise rider could not control him. And the reason was because this horse 
he's Medina Spirit 2.0. He can't stand to be passed. And what is happening is they were they were work they were having him out galloping at the same time that horses were working to his right. So these horses were passing him to the right, and it was driving him crazy that he could not go with them. And the exercise rider was trying to control him, and he was just all over the place. He, he wants to go, and I I would be looking at Tribavan as maybe just going it, as a possibility in this race. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, J- I like that. JJ, I like that a lot. And if they can rein that early speed in, I think this horse can go all the way. So, I mean, if, if Tribune can break and break well, take the lead, and then just kind of slow down just a little bit, mm-hmm. I think he could actually carry it. Because you know how firm that turf is out there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an exciting play for me. The rest is, per, you know, the outside is definitely the, the big, big favorite. But, I, I, that's the only angle I saw in here that I would I would take a stand on and include and include Walton Street, but that's it. That's all I could figure out. Okay, Alan, finish it up. Um, I'm kind of with Caitlin here. Um, there's a few of the Euros I would I, I like domestic spending more than Caitlin does, I think. Uh, <laughs> but I've got a bit of a soft spot for that horse. Uh, Walton Street is interesting to me. Uh, I, I can't lie. I would probably look at Eber. Is that how you say that? Eber as well and Teano. But at the end of the day, if we if we are agreeing that this race is not as good as some other Breeders' Cup turfs or even as good as last year's Breeders' Cup turf, how can we not make Tarnawa the one to beat? Correct. Uh, Tarnawa beat a better field in the in the uh, Breeders' Cup turf last year. Uh, confidently ridden, by the way. Conf- run down, uh, I think, out finished magical in that race. Uh, tipped out the top of the stretch and was just confidently ridden to the wire. If And Kaylee backed me up on this. In the Arctic Triumph last time, there was a little bit of traffic trouble. She kind of got stuck on the inside, correct? Uh, I don't think she ever got free down the lane. She, she's that- had a terrible trip in her last two races, so all she's going to need is some firm ground and some clear running room. And I think her B effort could beat this field. Yeah, that's the thing, because as I recall, as, last year in the Breeders' Cup turf, they swung her out the top of the stretch wide, and she ran him down. In the Arc de Triomphe, I thought she was going to win. She could never get out. She could never get comfortable. And she kind of got, I don't say trapped inside, but could not get out. And, and, the, and the bomb ran her down. So I think they're going to keep that in mind. And if we believe that last this turf is not as good as last year's turf, and, of course, that's all conjecture and opinion, I think it's, they're going to take a lot of beating to beat Tornado on the spot. All I've got to say is I'm probably I was all in on Tarnawa until the post draw. She's almost guaranteed a wide trip, and this is a three-turn race. She's guaranteed a wide trip. I'm going to go with the American domestic spending. I think I love that horse. (laughs) He's going to trip out. I I know he's never been a mile and a half. I mean, this is this is new to him. But uh, the rider on his back dominated Del Mar over the summer. It's Chad Brown, and I think uh, on Thoroughgraph, he's as fast as anything in here. Uh, I think domestic spending uh, uh, gets to the lead at the top of the stretch, and they have to run him down. And, uh, yeah, that's my uh, that's my single in the late pick four and five. Oh, and I can wow. say one thing about domestic spending is twice at Churchill and at Belmont, when Flavian Pratt said go on that horse, and I, I talk about this all the time, the horse was moving so fast he went sideways twice. So I mean he Flavian practically steered the horse. When when it's time for him to go, 
So we'll see if you can still have that kick at a mile and a half. But uh, if you go back and watch those replays, if you've seen the races live, I mean, the horse is going sideways. He's going so fast. So I can't toss domestic spending, but it's, I, I think they got to beat Tarnawa to get through this race. All right. One to go. I'll be out of money by this point. Uh, I'll probably be <laughs> asking Brandon for a Venmo. And, uh, Brandon always comes through for me. But yeah, I'm uh, paying double mortgages now. There's no way. Oh, okay. <laughs> JJ, you're up. Uh, but no, for real, uh, the this is the race I've been dreaming about since midsummer. Uh, I just I'm, this first turn is going to be so interesting to me with uh, Nick's go, who's going to be the the five to two morning line favorite, of course, for Brad Cox and Joel Rosario. Nick's go, of course, only has one way to go, and that's uh, on the lead. But, uh, J.J., I'm going to ask you first. You, you're the one that touted Medina Spirit for us back in the spring before the Kentucky Derby. Medina Spirit really needs to have the lead to, to win this race, I would think. Uh, that's the only way that he's really, in his very first start, he was headed early. But uh, everything else, I mean, he, he's on the lead. Uh, what? First of all, how do you see the run of the first turn? And then uh, just give us your thoughts on the rest of the race. Yeah, so I, I, the, the, the draw hurt Medina Spirit. I do not like that post for him at all. Um, Baffert does not like him being on the outside either. And I don't like this race for him at all. He's got too many better horses on the front end that he is facing. I, I don't like him in the win spot for this race. Uh, the question on everyone's mind is is about Nick's go. That that's the whole focus. It, how far can Nick's go go? Can he get caught? Can he can he get the distance? I I don't see distance limitations with Nick's go, but can he get caught? Is, is the question. How much will he be challenged early? Everyone's wondering who's going to have the lead. Are they going to let Nick's go have the lead? Um, his Lucas Classic was sharp, but it was that Whitney run that really turned heads. That was unquestionably one of the most impressive front-running performances I have ever seen. The amount of distance he put between his rivals, mm-hmm. uh, it, was, it was just uncanny. And it makes, me, it makes me think that he is dangerous here. But Bill, Bill Mott is playing cards. As I mentioned before, Bill Mott's one of the biggest poker players in race. Like he's playing cards because in, in interviews he's saying, oh, Nick's go. He's going to go. They'll let him go. He's going. I don't think so. Mott knows that our collector's only chance to win this race, he's got to be up close. He's got to be up front. And I think Art Collector, who drew next to Nick's go, is going to be right there. And I think he will pressure Nick's go. And I think it will have an effect on him. I think that this race sets up perfectly for two horses. And I know Caitlin agrees with me because I saw her tweet. Essential <laughs> quality at Hot Rod Charlie. Um, Hot Rod Charlie, his last two works have been absolutely phenomenal. His work at Santa Anita, he was far back from his workmate caught up to the workmate who was between two other workers. Charlie dove without hesitation between those three horses, without hesitation, and flew past them. The gallop out was incredible. Doug O'Neill was was just, his jaw was down after that work. His work at Delmar was just as good. This is a hot barn too. Doug O'Neill had a fantastic meet at Santa Anita. He is coming into Delmar very confident with his horses, and especially with Hot Rod Charlie. I don't think the draw hurt him at all. I, I think that's a good spot for him. If he gets kicked back from the inside, too, that's not going to bother him. Uh, he's he's handled kick, kick back before. I think the that O'Neill's addition of these French Cup blinkers was brilliant. It has really sharpened him up. 
And uh, I, I think he's a leading candidate for the win spot. Essential quality. He had a great work at Churchill Downs. The work was better than most of his previous works. However, you have to count the fact that it was over and off track and that moved him up. Essential quality loves an off track. And even Brad Cox admitted after the work, he said, yeah, it, it, it did move him up a little bit in the work. But nobody can argue that essential quality looks great going into this race. And the pace scenario really works for him because he is a grinder. He does what he needs to do to get the job done. He, he doesn't overexert himself. And when you have a, a, a speed horses like Nick's Go and Art Collector, and then you have an essential quality who's a stayer, you can't discount that. So I, I think those are the two horses that I'm looking at for the win spot. Uh, I, I think they look best in this pace scenario. Okay, Caitlin. She read it right. Complete agreement. I Those are the two horses I will be using on my ticket. I think I couldn't necessarily call this a two-horse race because Nick's go could do something crazy we're not expecting. He is a question mark to me in here. But ultimately, I believe um, Medina Spirit will be found out in this race because he's going to go art collector is going to go unless Mike Smith does something funky because it's Mike Smith. Um, <laughs> goes going to go. And, you know, I could see Tripoli being close. Hot Rod Charlie's going to be close. So I definitely think that this sets up for more versatile horses like Hot Rod Charlie, like essential quality. Um, Maxfield is one that is a big question mark to me. I'm not quite sure he is good enough to win. And the Steve Asmussen and the Santana combination makes me a little bit wary. But he's the best he's ever been. And he's one that I would maybe be interested in for the exotics just because he has looked so good in the mornings. But, yeah, I, I think this is the type of the race where, you know, Nick's go and Medina Spirit could be up against it. Medina Spirit definitely is up against it. And... Nothing would make me happier. <laughs> I know that's terrible. I know it's so terrible to say because it's not the horse's fault. And the horse really is a cool horse. But to see somebody else in that winner's circle will just kind of, you know, solidify things. And I think Essential Quality and Hot Red Charlie are the runaway um, best three-year-olds of this crop. And I, I think this is, this is a race that really, really sets up for the both of them. Um, speed figures. Aside from Nexco, they really kind of stand out in this field to me. All right, Brandon, that's some uh, outstanding analysis ahead of you. Now it's your turn to say something smart. Let's go ahead and see yeah. what you got. Yeah, so, you know, many, many people have heard me on this podcast, you know, whether I'm right or wrong, you know, <laughs> the record stands for itself, but uh, it's Brad Cox, Brad Cox, one, two. That's oh, pretty which simple. One? I think Nick Sko is going to take the lead and do what he's supposed to do and allow Central Quality to close off him, and the race is over. I don't think there's any other race horses in this race. But I do wow. know this. Bruce Lunsford is firing up the jet. They're heading out there. I mean, our collector is, is a crazy long shot. I, I don't know where he's going to be. Uh, he's ran at the – I mean, the last three starts have been great races for him. He scares me. I will cover him, but I can't give anything to Hot Rod Charlie. I don't want him to win, so I'm going against. But, uh, I mean, those works, when you're doing seven furlong works, this horse is just, I mean, maybe I'm just totally wrong. So maybe I'll do a contrarian single on him. But, I mean, this is Brad <laughs> Cox, guys. It's Brad Cox year. It's Brad Cox race. Right. He's got two. He's, he's destined. 
he may be due, you know, for this one race because of how the Derby was so jacked up. So, yeah. I mean, I Brandon, think it's a Brad Cox fairy tale. Brandon, are you hammered? <laughs> Only had one beer. Okay. All right, okay. Alan. Finish this uh, off. It's, to me, I mean, I'm single in Royal Flag earlier, so I'll use the three obvious contenders, and it's kind of like Nick's go. I agree with these ladies. Essential quality and hot rod, Charlie. My heart tells me those two are the best horses. The Nick's goes might be the best horses, but the race price sets up for those two, right? So, but there's always that possibility of Nick's go, and you can't that the horses gets out and freaks. I mean, we can't overlook the fact that that could easily happen. So I think one of those three wins, it's not much of an opinion. Uh, I think probably the safest bet, if you're just making a safe bet, is essential quality one and two in the exacta with those with Nick's go and Hot Rod Charlie first and second behind him. Does that make sense? Uh, key in that essential quality because I believe first essential quality runs first or second. Uh, but you know, it's a boring pick. It's one of those three for me, and they'll you know I, I think it's gonna be a fun race to watch if nothing else. Yeah, like I said, I've been looking forward to this race forever, so I'm glad everybody showed up. Uh, last thing I'll say to this conversation, uh, if you're playing tries and supers, please include Max Player on yeah. the far outside underneath yeah, right. because this horse has been out at uh, Santa Anita since uh, September. He ran a huge thoroughbred in the Jockey Club Gold Cup. I mean, he, he ran a number that would would win this race if Nick's go doesn't fire. Uh, so if, you know, watch the Asmussen horses. Yeah. If, uh, Echo Zulu yeah. runs well. If Jackie's warrior runs well, definitely include max player in your exotics. But, uh, for me, it's, uh, if they pressure Nick's go early, then it sets up for essential quality and hot rod. Charlie, if they let him go, I think Nick's go can go wire to wire. That's where I'm at. Mm. Okay. Hey, That's by the it. way, uh, you find another podcast out there this week, and there's gonna be hundreds of them that has that has better analysis than what we got on this one, right? Am I right, guys? <laughs> Are these guys great? There, there's only one podcast that features Brandon Jaggers' ultimate selections. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and JJ and Caitlin weren't bad either. <laughs> no, seriously, guys, uh, outstanding work outstanding work yeah uh, no doubt about it this is uh something i enjoy more than anything in the world i love to hear smart people discuss horse races and uh you guys outdid yourself tonight i'm very very grateful that you joined us this evening glad to be here thank you jj gave us medina spirit caitlin gave us rombauer and then jj was bragging about dallas stewart bet dallas stewart's two-year-olds but in the fall and you see what happened right folks uh, Dallas Stewart just just won all kinds of races this weekend. So uh, listen to these folks, people. That's why we have them on. They're good. They're good. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, we wish you uh, good luck uh, this coming weekend. This is uh, the Horse Players Christmas. Uh, we get to put a lot of money into the pools and expect uh, a big return. So we we get very few of these days on the calendar. But uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna sign off now. And, uh, of course, uh, we want to thank Caitlin Free and J.J. Highsell for joining us. And hopefully we'll have them back on future podcasts. And, uh, and pertaining to the weekend, of course, uh, may they all come home safe. And uh, we will see you next time. On behalf of Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, Caitlin Free, J.J. Highsell, this is C.C. Broadus signing off and reminding you 
that gambled the money and got no home. Thank you.